everybody, this is Nathan here with Jake, and you're about to listen to what we call Sound of Sanity 1.0. Now, Jake, what do we mean when we say Sanity 1.0? Well, Sound of Sanity was a show we'd been wanting to do for a really long time, and we'd never really seen our way clear to getting it off the ground. Right, so one day we decided the best way to get it off the ground was just to sit down, hit record, three friends talking into microphones. Since that time, the show has changed and grown a whole lot. The modern version of Sound of Sanity really began to develop around episode 34 on Jordan B. Peterson. Yeah, there's some stuff we're really proud of in this early iteration of this show and some stuff we're possibly, probably, maybe not so proud of. But there's some good stuff and we wanted to leave these up. Plus, we thought it'd be fun for people who know the current show to go back and see how far the show's come. Yeah, fun and maybe sometimes a little humbling. No doubt. Anyway, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the current version of the show. That's right. And meanwhile, please enjoy this episode from the archives. You are now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. We're talking about sports. Welcome to the Sound of Sanity. This is Nathan Oberson, your humble and obedient host. We've got the pastor who's a master over there, Jacob Menzel, CEO of Warhorn Media. I myself am the executive uh, producer. No, I'm not the executive. What am I? I'm the creative director of Warhorn Media. And we've got our beloved production assistant, Benjamin Q. Solzer. I am here. You are here. To produce. Ready to talk about some sports. Yeah. Today, we are asking the question of what to do about kids' sports what should you do about kids sports if you're a christian parent you got kids they're in sports yeah it's a tough question because uh kids sports have changed a lot over the years and they're more involved and more demanding than they've ever been and there's research out there on the benefits and what's the opposite of benefits detriments the benefits and detriments of too much sports or too much of one sport uh the ways that Sports are increasingly encroaching on family life, church life, and so there are a lot of things that you have to think about and navigate as a Christian parent. We know that sports are big-time idols for some people. Big-time idols, and for some people, they're idols to be repented of, and how do you navigate that repentance in a way that's helpful and isn't going to throw the baby out with the bathwater, or maybe we should just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Throw the old pigskin into the fire, burn your baseball cards, throw your bat into the garbage, and be done with it all. So much money that goes into sports these days. I lots mean, let's of talk money. about national, uh, whatever, you know, the NFL, the... We're talking billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. And that's not just the professional sports, but it's the collegiate sports. And on down in AAU programs and uh, travel teams, money, 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 money. Money, money, money money on the line, and you've got people sacrificing their bodies in some cases. You've got uh, the—we could talk about concussions. I guess that's not not for this episode, but you've got that. You've got— Well, and lifelong problems that kids develop. People that die young. Shoulders, and and, yeah. So there is a lot to talk about. We're specifically talking about kids' sports today. We're going to come at it from the, the perspective of a parent. Jake Menzel himself, he's a parent over there. Yeah. Along with being the CEO, he's a parent of how many fine young children? Seven. How many bad young children? 
Seven. Seven. <laughs> fourteen kids altogether. Jake is the father of... No, he's the father of seven. Sometimes it feels like fourteen, I dare say. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like seven. Also that, yes. Also that. <laughs> a fun fact about you, Ben. Fun fact about Ben, and I'm not making this up at all. This is not mm. for humorous purposes at all. Mm-mm. He does the noble art of uh, feng, feng shui. Feng, ching. feng shui. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> is it feng shui? Tai chi, I think, is what you're looking for. <laughs> oh, are you thinking of tai chi? You're a feng shui master. Sure, yes. Tell us more about that. If I was to attack you, if I was to just grab <laughs> one of these chairs and try and smash it over your head, what would you do? He would organize them in a pleasing pattern. <laughs> Let's role play. Let's role play. Sure. Me sure. and Jake, I'll play bully number one. Jake will play bully number two. Right. And it's on the schoolyard. You've, you're just sitting there. We, we, we're just like, hey, sure. look at that pipsqueak. And we don't know that you're a feng shui master. <laughs> hey, bully number one. Yes, bully number two. Look at that dumb idiot over there. We oh, should, yes. We uh, should beat him up. Knock him to the ground and kick him repeatedly in the face. What do you think about that, bully number two? Sound like it a... Sounds like fun. All right, let's, let's he, go do he, it. While muttering to himself, <laughs> hmm, if we calculate the vector of the first comment, we see that... Oh, what? Who approaches me? Hey, you. What are you doing? I am now going to beat you up. <laughs> and I will join him in this endeavor. <laughs> Uh, whereupon we shall procure your money for lunch. Well, uh, you could try, but you'll find that because of my feng shui training, (laughs) (laughs) I've already arranged this small pile of rocks so so that when you, bully number one, step towards me, (laughs) you're going to twist your ankle and fall. Meanwhile, I'll step back. Suddenly, bully number two will notice that the jungle gym is right in front of him. And he, he's, he's about to clobber his own head on one of the bars. All right, he's done. Guy, like Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes. He's, That's he's, right. Except for if, it's, if Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes slowly laid out his entire plan to the thug. Let's... I planned this ahead of time. You, you know, you All right, bully number... Walking into it. Two, let's take him. Let's, let's do this. I'm just going to step uh, around these rocks. I use and my linebacker skills to and... burst through oh, no! with my pad of paper and my pencil. Oh, the humanity. And run towards the lunchroom. Oh. Uh, leaving you with bruised shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? Well, yeah. Feng Shui is a, a pretty uh, diff- plus linebacker diff- difficult skill to use in self-defense, <laughs> I think. <laughs> no, it's easier if you're being attacked inside your home. Right. right. <laughs> you just more... create so much harmony that That's it right. just disarms everyone. Right. That's right. That was... I can't tell if Nathan actually knows what Feng Shui is and is being ironic or if he actually <laughs> thinks that it's a martial art. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Ben's history with sports, pretty much, is right. linebacker, right. Feng Shui master. <laughs> really, uh, linebackers, I mean, a lot of it's about the art of arranging yourself in a line so that you're in yeah, harmony. Yeah, very Feng Shui. Right, really? with the rest of your team, yeah. Football and Feng Shui, can we agree? The same sport. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So that we we know we know Ben's baggage. Any other baggage, Ben, that you'd like to add? Like any real baggage? Oh, let's see. Uh, In terms of kids' sports, you play any soccer when I was a kid? You played some soccer when you were a kid. Some yeah, kids. I did when I you were a kid. Tennis lessons. Took some tennis lessons. Got, yeah. Did some tennis. You have, in fact, mastered the noble art of tai chi, as I understand it. Yes. If by master you mean I took 
few months of Tai Chi, then yes, I have. <laughs> um, That's all you need to master it. Jake? Yes. Tell us about your baggage, your sports-related, kid-related baggage, sir. Well, I grew up playing sports from as young as I can remember. Fun fact about Jake. Jake is a very tall man. Tall and uh, athletic kind of a guy. The tallest person on the podcast. True story. I'm, I got a couple inches on Nathan. I'm a, just under 6'4", I think. Um, Were you a wiry, big kid? Yeah, I went in spurts between being more thick and muscular and more bean polish up until high school when I just went pretty bean polish. <laughs> Made your choice. But yeah, I, p- I played sports from as young as I can remember. Baseball was the first sport. That's really what I mean when I say as young as I can remember. I don't think there was ever a time when I could stand up and hold a baseball bat or throw a ball where I didn't have, you know, I wasn't at least playing in the yard with my dad. So I grew up playing baseball, then uh, basketball, football. Football is a fall sport. So because baseball was the orienting sport of our family, that a lot of times it would be fall baseball. When you so, say orienting sport, were you, in fact, a sports family? Did you like, as oh, a kid, yeah. did you like sports? Were you into it? Oh, was yeah. it just a thing that you did because that's what you did? Was it? No, were, sports were at the heart of the identity of, of our family growing up. We were a sports family. ESPN was what was on the TV. What we wanted at Christmas were the coolest basketball or baseball jerseys to wear to school and it was a year-round kind of thing so travel teams have changed things have changed quite a bit so now the kids are being pushed into picking as a sport early on and maintaining that year-round or really having to fight hard to balance because there's so much year-round kind of uh, travel team things going on for us we played in a rec league uh, rec league baseball in the spring and then that was organized into a travel team for the summer and you play on that travel team in the summer and then you'd either play fall baseball or you'd play football. That would move into basketball, and basketball followed the same pattern. So from about October um, into December, you had a rec league. That rec league might run into January, February, or it might reorganize into a travel team that would travel around up into March, which is when baseball is starting back up again. That was my life. As much as in this current day that we live in, in order to have credentials, the the jock has really... uh falling on hard times and people people <laughs> people like the nerd these days and right, in order to right. be a credible human being you really need to tell us how your childhood was the childhood of a nerd but it sounds like your childhood was in fact not the childhood of a nerd but the childhood of a jock true story true story and you enjoyed it yeah i loved it um yes if it was a a family thing and yeah it was it was i mean a father son thing my dad was often my coach was that it, a good thing or a bad thing it was both it always is both i think you know, my dad and I, we had that to bond over, and we still have a lot of memories of that sort of thing, that shared experience with something that we love. We'll always be able to talk about sports. When you look back on it, not not that I'm asking you to throw your dad under the bus or anything, but do you look back on it as a positive experience with with your dad? I mean, was he just like... Uh, there came a time where I didn't, and I've come back around. The difficulty, and this is true of any dad who's competitive and who wants his kids to succeed. And it was true of my dad is is always going to be harder on his own kids. And he was. That's hard. It's hard to face some of those pressures as a kid. It's hard to to not kind of have a chip on your shoulder and feel like it's not fair. And you don't even really know if it's true because you have this, the perspective of a kid, but you've 
you tend to feel like, well, you know, dad's supporting and encouraging everybody else, but he's always beating up on me. I think that tend, can tend to be less true than it actually is. Kind of seems like whether it's true or not, you're less true than feel you feel. That way, probably. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. There was that side of it, and then there was also the the other side of it, which was uh, because dad was my coach a lot of the time growing up. And he was a really good coach. He still coaches to this day. Yeah, I mean, my grandfather died, his dad died this past summer, and he's got people I don't know coming to the funeral of my grandfather just because Coach Mike's dad died, and that's sad because we love Coach Mike. Coach Mike hasn't coached me for 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. but I love him, and I'm going to go to his dad's funeral. Like, really good coach. A lot of people love him for those reasons. But it, it's really important that you are, as an athlete, able to be coached by by many different types of coaches and Uh, know how to adapt to different styles of coaching and to respond to other people. That's a challenge when you grow up where where your dad's pretty much always your coach. On the one hand, dad was always there to make sure I got good coaching and that I was pushed harder than anybody else. That was helpful. On the other hand, you know, it's disadvantages. Say no more. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So at a certain point, though, you uh, walked away from it or you... um... Yeah, when I I hit high school, and you have to understand, I think because so much of my, my life was bound up with with sports. There's a lot of pride, a lot of obsessive competitiveness. So I chose not to play basketball in high school. And I chose not to play basketball in high school because I didn't think I would excel at it. I just saw my ceiling. I wasn't going anywhere beyond high school with it. 6'4 is tall for most people. It's not tall for basketball. And you have to have some pretty special skills to be 6'4 and to hack it beyond high school. And I did it. And I knew that. And uh, that hurt my pride. And so I put down my basketball and I quit. And I literally didn't pick it up. I did not play basketball again um, until like halfway through college, I got coaxed into playing a pickup game. And it had probably been six or seven years since I had picked up a basketball because I knew that if I picked it up, it would drive me crazy that I wasn't able to to keep up with my friends who had continued playing. But I, I gave myself to baseball and I gave myself to baseball hard for three years, suffered some injuries. And then we're still in high school. We're still in high school. Yeah. And then uh, around my senior year, I, I really started to become a Christian and to uh, get connected to a church pressures of baseball, pressures of my life, the injuries, and my desire to do things like be at youth group on Wednesday nights. And really trying, I think, earnestly to repent of my idolatry led to me deciding to walk away from baseball together. I didn't know how to how to deal with my idolatry of baseball. So it was very much a conscience thought in your mind that bad, this is an idol, this is something yeah, that has to go Yeah, away, something that... I need to repent of here. Mm-hmm. And I didn't th- actually think a whole lot about it at the time. I didn't feel like I regretted it, like I was going to regret it. It was nice to have relief from the constant wear and tear on my elbow and shoulder. Also, the weight room (laughs) was hard. Mm -hmm. And to not have to think about being in the weight room and watching my diet, counting calories and grams of protein and taking the supplements and all that sort of thing was just nice to be done with all of that. It really wasn't about that. I kind of made it about that to soften the blow. It was really about needing to repent of my idolatry and not really knowing or having a grid for even understanding competition. Is it a good thing? Like, is that, can a Christian be in competitive sports? Like, I didn't know. I didn't have a way of thinking about it. And I didn't have anybody really there to disciple me or help. You didn't have an amazing episode of Sound of Sanity, like this episode to listen to. That's right. If I did, I would have uh, stuck with it. Maybe. We'll see where we land. Maybe. So you gave it up. 
Clean Break. I mean, Clean Break, absolutely. I, I I stopped watching sports. Like I was I was as much about the history and philosophy of the sport of the sport, and I just quit absolutely cold. Like I stopped caring. I stopped reading. I stopped paying. Like I, when I was a kid, I would you know I'd be in you know, ESPN Sports Center would be on first thing in the morning. I'd grab the paper. I'd read the sports page. I'd look at the stats. I know at any given time what the standings were, who who was leading in batting average or RBIs or home runs, who was on pace to break Maris's record of 61, all that sort of thing. I had encyclopedic knowledge of the sport going way back. And I had I had pretty good knowledge of, of the history of basketball too. But yeah, I just I, I quit. I just decided I'm done. And it, I treated all sports the same way that I treated basketball when I when I quit it. It's I it's like an alcoholic, like mm. uh, just deciding, okay, not another drop. And that's kind of how I that's kind of how I treated sport in general. And and you know what I you know what else I lost between my senior year of high school and my freshman sophomore year of college, I lost twenty or thirty pounds. That can't be good for your body. No, no, no. I am not large. Right. Most people would describe me as being skinny. I'm six four and about two ten right now, and I dropped down to about one forty five. On a six six four guy. For yeah. Yeah. Who are using their imaginations here. Yeah, and so um, hashtag beanpole. Absolutely, it was pretty frightening, and it was like it was because I was a I became a monkish ascetic. Like I stopped. I I mean I I was fasting. I I may have been accidentally anorexic. Like I was fasting multiple days a week. Did you lose friends? All of them. Yeah, all of them. And how did that affect your relationship with your dad? If you don't mind me asking, if it was so defined by sports, was that a blow to it? For oh man, to... it was awful. It was awful. Did you have to like have it out with him, or was it just kind of like eh, drifting? Well, away you know, he, it was like all of a sudden I was doing all these ridiculous things. I stopped going to parties. I had stopped hanging out with these kids that I'd grown up playing ball with my whole life. You forge these relationships if you're going to be on an AAU basketball team and traveling around uh, like it was in middle school, or if you're going to be... Some of those guys were my best friends. We we hung together. We played on the same travel teams all the way up. You know, it wasn't like I was trying to in- completely ditch those relationships. I was trying to call those friends to, to God, but I didn't know what I was doing or what I was saying. And yes, yeah, so I lost my friends. I lost those relationships. And then I lost the thing that my dad and I had, had really bonded over growing up, you know, I threw it away. And so I was like, what was he supposed to think? I think it was probably much harder for him than he ever let me know or see, actually. It wasn't like we had a lot of fights. It was more like he was just trying to, we did have fights. And it, but yeah, so, um, but what's what's interesting and kind of dumb and what I probably regret most about all of it is some of the, some of those guys that I I loved, I still love, they don't have a relationship with anymore. I think I think my dad's been invited to some of their weddings, but I haven't. You know, that's kind of yeah. that kind of sucks. Yeah, well, I think that's a great cliffhanger, and we'll be right <laughs> back after this. No, just kidding, Ben. We're gonna we're gonna leave it there. I bet there's more to the story. You think there's any more to I the bet story? There is, Nathan. But, I, but you know, we're gonna be asking in a second what people should actually do with this. So I figure we can find out at that point what Jake actually did with this, because you know we we've got him in his. His puritanical. What do you think about this guy? He just gives up everything and sounds like an extremist of some kind. <laughs> well, my baggage is I don't have a lot of baggage with sports. I guess I have some baggage. I was a big fat kid, Ben. Big fat, fat, fat. Can you can you imagine that? Like 
like kind of like ph fat like like yeah like fat man (laughs) (laughs) no this was before ph fat i think okay ph fat was yet to hit our culture and crest the wave of awesomeness that it did no i was just a big fat kid i like to to eat the twinkies and uh to make the pain go away and uh the the pain of um not eating more twinkies could only be assuaged by eating twinkies Mm, i've never liked twinkies so i don't feel your pain there well i did like twinkies i like the coca-cola substituted pop tarts pop tarts i didn't like the crusty outer rim of a pop tart but i did enjoy the icy middle of a pop tart and just take that crusty uh, uh, rim off and throw it in the trash as far as i'm concerned it's not good enough for It's terrible. The taste of terrible a to hear. big fat kid like I was. Uh, so I was never any good at sports, never enjoyed sports, always felt bad. I think my parents had me play in some recreational leagues, some rec leagues. I've, I've always, I've, I, I very much am the nerdy kid that our, our culture, you know, that every movie now is about and every sitcom is about and everything's about. I am that guy. I was into the Star Wars and I would just eat my Twinkies and watch my Star Wars. I did T-ball but I could hardly hit the ball off of the tee. And then the only sport that I was ever good at at all was in high school. I was actually okay at soccer. And I think it was because I went to a dopey little Christian school and it was people of all different sizes that would be playing soccer at gym. And I was a big fat kid, so I could just like, I figured out that if I was just aggressive, that's all it really took to, like I was just like a whale knocking aside <laughs> little plankton and dolphins. And it's not that I could really handle the ball or do anything with it once I had it, but I sure I could. am bigger than you. <laughs> like I you're could, a I, dork and you're going to get out of my way if I come running. It's one of the only times in my life I've actually figured out how to use my physical attributes to my advantage, which is something that I understand many men learn how to do in a much uh, uh, more uh, direct way than I ever did. But I had to play basketball one time when I was in middle school. I think we we did like a basketball league thing, kids club, basketball cult thing. What do they call them? Rec league. I just hate it. I came up with every excuse not to have to go. You know, my parents said, that's eh, good. You should go. I think they finally gave up because I was just probably pretty nasty about it honestly i just remember being embarrassed about it i remember not wanting to go i remember just uh, everybody being better than me and not wanting you know i was i was that guy classic classic kid type we've seen him in the movies i was that guy my baggage with sports is that i don't know anything about them i enjoy watching the super bowl commercials and uh, the halftime show and it's kind of fun to sit, watch that with people I, i've since then learned not to have a chip on my shoulder towards the the young Jakes of the world, <laughs> the pre-Puritan Jakes. I've uh, maybe seen some value, or maybe this episode will end with me saying, "Sports are bad. They they uh, persecute fat kids." And ah, but whatever. It's all water under the bridge now. So okay, I guess we we're gonna have to say something about this, right, Ben? Uh, sure. Yeah, we are. What do you want to say? I don't know. Me neither. Yeah. I don't. I'm ho- I was homeschooled, man. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a grid for this stuff. Well, you know who we should Actually, ask? Actually, I do kind of have a grid now. But. <laughs> yeah. You do play the uh, Ultimate Frisbee. That's right. Played in the Bloomington Summer League a couple times. I've seen Ben catch and throw a Frisbee. He can do it. He's, you know, he's he's, he's not some... I've some... caught throwing a Frisbee with Ben. Oh. I've... I would venture to say he's better at throwing a Frisbee than I am. You know what? I think he'd make a good jockey. disc. A, a good uh, yeah. jockey, like a disc jockey, yeah, like, yeah, a, like a horse jockey, horse jockey, disc horse jockey. jockey. Yeah, you, oh. yeah, you might be a little tall for that. I've never considered that. I, I like horses, like riding them. How tall are you, Ben? Five mm, ten. Uh, you might be a little tall. Yeah, not many sports you can say that about. 
No, there aren't. Average height of a jockey. Average height of a jockey. I'm gonna wait, let's guess. I'm gonna guess four point five. Feet? Four and a half feet? That's what you're guessing? Yes. <laughs> four point five. Four and a half feet tall. <laughs> um the... Ben, you prices right rules. You can guess above, above me and or below me for how uh, the average height of a jockey. A horse jockey. Uh five eight. Y'all both went outside the ranges. Whoa. Jockeys stand typically around four foot ten to five foot six. That's the Whoa. range. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say I win. I don't know. Price is right rules. I would win. I don't know because there's a range. I don't know. We should have been it's guessing a range. Range. You guys were both two inches off. Uh, no, you were four inches off the range. Four foot six is a you'd be a pretty, <laughs> pretty petite guy to be. Yeah, a, I'm a man that prefers a petite jockey in my horse races. There's um, a reason why they're so they're so small. I say let the horse do the work. Uh, well, I feel like we should just ask the jock. We have a jock here. He knows about sports. Huh. Or he did. That's what they say yeah, about one time jocks. in his life. They, they may have forgotten they everything. Sports. They know about sports. <laughs> that's jocks. <laughs> that's, that's jocks for you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ask Jake. Jake? Yeah. So I'm just going to ask the question that the episode's been building up to. What is the Christian response to kids' sports? <laughs> I don't think there is a one-size-fits-all Christian response. What does the Westminster Confession say? <laughs> no recreations on the Sabbath. No recreations upon the Sabbath. I think there are a couple of different ditches that you can fall into it with, with kids' sports. One is to fall into full-on idolatry with it. It's really easy to be consumed by... Uh, kids sports culture it's bigger than it's ever been before but no christian is ever consumed by that are they (laughs) you don't have anybody in our church or you've never met any christians that are consumed by the idolatry of sports man i i can't tell you how many people i've talked to uh, on various teams that my kids have been on when i say you know we're not going to play on on sunday or we're not going to miss church I get this, well, I'm a Christian, and this is the church I go to, and the Bible doesn't say this or that or the other thing, and they use that to justify missing church pretty much every weekend for and then they an say, tournament. God made my kid to run, and when they run, they feel his pleasure. That's right. <laughs> get that Chariots of Fire quote going. Um, <clears throat> I thought that guy didn't do it on Sundays, That's exactly though. right. It would be really funny if they said that. I've never actually seen the Chariots of Fire. <laughs> yeah, so, so kid sports are crazy nowadays so different actually than when you came up absolutely there were a handful of parents that would overlap and have their kids in maybe like multiple rec leagues at the same time but they would be multiple rec leagues and they'd be playing both of those rec leagues to get extra time for the kids in that sport and to sort of angle have more relationships and build maybe the better travel team or be able to pick and choose either if my kid wasn't going to make the travel team that formed out of this league maybe he'd make the one in the other maybe he'd make both and I get to pick which one's the better one or they're always just a very small handful of of kids doing uh, and parents doing that sort of thing but it, it was really much more divided up you'd have a, a rec league and then you'd have basically a rec all-star team where somebody would have an eye to do something different than the rec league all-star team but they'd do it on their own but that would only last for if it were baseball it'd only last for the summer and then it'd be done and then you'd re do things over again the next year. Now it's at the age of about six, you're you're putting together teams that you intend the core of that team to basically stay together year round up until, and in some cases through when the kids hit high school. And so six years old, you're basically auditioning your kids 
for these these travel teams. They don't make the travel teams. So they're not gonna a part of the travel teams. They're not gonna go anywhere in the sport because the rec leagues are just a farming system for these big time travel teams that lots of money is then poured into and filtered through with sponsorships and these big tournaments that then they're traveling across the state and into other states from it, it was a big deal for us to travel two hours once when I was eight or nine. Uh, travel didn't really mean that kind of travel very often for me growing up, but it means the, all that and more. So if somebody's missing Sundays consistently, for example, it may well be because there's actually something really, really at stake in their mind. In their mind, yeah. Because the way it, it works, say, in baseball would, would be this. You play, a, you play the rec league. And you'll have two games a week and two practices, but then you'll also be on the travel team. Games for the rec league will will be scheduled in the weeknights around your travel practices so that, say, the games are Tuesday, Thursday, but then your travel practices will be Monday, Wednesday, and then you have a tournament every weekend, which is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you're, unless you're a, a rock star, unless your kid's a total rock star and you tell the coach, we're not going to be able to make it to Sunday games which is championship day of the tournaments that start in March and end in September or October. We're not going to be there for the for championship day on Sunday. Then that's that's a factor in your kid making the team. That's a factor in your kid, you know, uh, in you being in the right circles politically. To, mm. I mean, all this, the, the politics of this stuff is absurd. And it transfers across other sports too, where people are playing allegiances and friendships and relationships and angling to get their kid in the best program for this or that or that. And what what everybody everybody is thinks they're they're doing is they're going to get their kid a scholarship some somewhere, and they'll put thousands of dollars into travel sports and into private lessons that honestly would be much better off put into a savings account or a mutual fund. What possible ditch could there be for the Christian parent in in this uh, in this direction? <laughs> I only like to, I never throw any, uh, as we, sports metaphor, softball questions, um, but but uh, what's the ditch there? Let me just say that it's very easy to get sucked up into the idolatry of your kids and sports and your own ego and to have a life that revolves around sports instead of around God and around his people. And uh, you miss worship and you miss all the training opportunities that your church provides to help you raise your kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord. You stop going to Awana or whatever your Wednesday night programs are. You stop going to church and Sunday school, or you go, but you're just sort of there ticking a box, and you've got all of your gear in the car ready to jet as soon as you're you're done, and it's just the thing that you have to do on the way to do the thing that you really are that are are doing on Sunday, which is not rest in the Lord and with the people of God. It's really tempting and it's really difficult to navigate. You know, you want to create good memories for your kids and you want to create good opportunities for them. And the demands of different sports and different coaches, they vary and you can always change them up and try to work around. But then, you know, in my case, you you bring in bring more and more kids into the mix and it starts to get really insane. You've got seven of them. I have seven kids. The easiest sport for us, but kids play baseball, basketball, soccer. The easiest sport for us to navigate is soccer because soccer tends to keep things mostly on the same days for everybody. But that also means that this last Saturday, there were between six and eight soccer games on a Saturday. You know, that's 
That's crazy. Now they're mostly all at the same place or whatever and in similar time slots and you just decide I'm not going to get to see everybody's game and that's okay and uh, it's a long day and then you're done. But yeah, it's hard and it's hard to negotiate. There's no way of coming at it without upfront making hard decisions about where you're going to draw lines, where you're going to say no to yourself and your own ambitions for your kids, where you're going to say no to your kids and their desires, which are potentially idolatrous, how you're going to establish the fact that we are a family that worships and serves the Lord. And that means we worship and serve the Lord, not baseball, not basketball, not soccer, not football. When you said there was the ditch of idolatry and ambition what's the ditch on the other side yeah the ditch on the, the on the other side it, it can look i think that one uh, can look very different for different people for me it would be sports were idolatry for me growing up therefore my kids will not play sports and we will not play with those idols and to throw the baby out with the bathwater because there are some really good things about sports team sports and youth sports especially for boys and uh, young men what I learned about myself, what I learned about hard work and self-discipline, what I learned about challenging myself, what I learned about teamwork, what I learned about building relationships with other men, with other boys, and really having strong relationships that were built around a common cause. We're a team. We're out there. We're working together. We're making things happen. We have to develop chemistry. We have to be friends. We have to learn how to think of what each other's thoughts. We have to be in each other's heads. We have to be ahead of each other. We have to anticipate. I know him. I, I know he's going to cut here. I know where to be. I know what to do. Um, I know how to encourage and support and build him up. I know what not to say to this guy. We're out here basically doing play battle. You know, this is, sports can be play war. It can be really healthy and really helpful for a young man just to grow up as a as a boy and to really identify as as a boy. And I think for me, that was especially important because I was just a suburbanite. I think it's going to be important for my kids because I live in a suburban neighborhood on a cul-de-sac and I don't have a family farm where the kids are out in the fields and they have opportunities to work hard and work together and really push themselves and really be challenged, you know, at the end of the day of bailing hay when their muscles are aching to finish the job, that kind of thing. You don't get those opportunities very often in your suburban neighborhood, but you do get them on the baseball field or on the basketball court when you're doing suicides at the end of practice or on the soccer field. And I think those are important things. And I think they're even important things for girls too, to just have places where they're they're self-disciplined and they're pushed physically. Girl sports always take on a different character. It doesn't matter what people say or try to do. Um, they take on a different character than boys sports and it's a good thing and you can watch and see the difference. And there are cautions and things you have to be careful about. You think your girls will play sports through high school? Yeah, I do actually. At high school, things might change and I wouldn't be sad if they did. About high school, as girls start to mature and, and develop and their bodies change, they become more prone to injury and injuries that can affect them long term. So we'll see when it gets to high school. But yeah, I think they'll play sports up and up until then. There may be any number of circumstances or things that change that. I don't want the battle aspect of it for them. I don't want the, the competition to take on ugly character for them, but I do want them to have opportunities to work with others, to understand the dynamics of teamwork and the self discipline and the physical discipline of learning to learning to excel at, at things and learning to push themselves and challenge themselves beyond what they thought they were capable of doing. I think that that's important. Uh, giving your girls that kind of opportunity is important for 
I mean, even, I don't know, childbirth. You're going to be pushed beyond what you thought you were capable of. And to have had some experience with with being pushed beyond what you're capable of it seems helpful. I know my wife thinks it is. She grew up playing sports. What's that sound? Oh, it's the devil's advocate alarm, Ben. Is that what that is? That's... <laughs> That went off last week, too. It tends to go off a lot these days. Yeah. Well, Jake's making an awfully good locker room speech right now, but I think we can... I'm trying to think of some sports metaphor. I think the devil can can make Take him to the mat. We can take him to the mat. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do... I see. I don't know enough about sports to even make a good... Let's do a Hail Mary for (laughs) the devil's advocate and... Run Touchdown. around the bases and oh, wow. let's let's get him, Ben. Let's do it. Let's sure, he's he likes competition. He likes pull out your football bat. Yeah. Go at me. Pull out your football bat. Cricket go bat at him. Fool. Jump on that horse. Let's get him. Jake, sounds like because you said you gave up the idolatry. Well, maybe it seems like uh you haven't. at some point we haven't heard the end of the story but at some point you obviously decided that "Eh, well i could just make this a thing and you know what i'm actually gonna make it a thing uh, such that i'm gonna imbue it with all these christian virtues these great christian virtues well you know i was a fat weak kid and there are fat weak kids and there are nerdy kids and there are kids that are much more interested in learning music or in doing other things you're imbuing this with so much so much virtue that it's just <laughs> yeah. like it sounds like every kid has to do it and it sounds like you're basically just diving into the ditch my friend the ditch on the <laughs> the ambition side the idolatry side you like sports I'm making you, space for my own idols you making space for making your a own principle idol. of it make, christian make, principle make a yeah. christian principle out of your own idols make a christian yeah, principle yeah. out of you know well i got to raise my kids to be sports kids and well you know i i never wanted to be a sports kid still don't if i had kids i don't know if i'd want to make them sports kids and i don't see anything in the bible that says i have to <laughs> <laughs> are you ready for this <laughs> all right i don't think you have to actually here's the thing I'm speaking from my personal experience. I think sports can be valuable when used in service of God's kingdom. And here's the thing. I think that we make mistakes as parents when we decide we are going to refuse to use uh, the good things that God gave us from the families that we grew up in and the homes that we grew up in. I was given a lot of good things from my dad, from my mom, from my stepmom, and from sports, Uh, There are a lot of things my dad was able to teach me about what it means to be a man, what it means to work hard, what it means to be self-disciplined through sports. And I know what that looks like. I know how that works. And I think that I can take those good things and I can teach them to my kids. And I know now the pitfalls. I know now, I know the devils, right? Better Um, the devil you know than the that's right. And I think that we make a mistake when we, we bind all of those good things that God gave us up with sin and idolatry and say, okay, let's throw the, the baby out with the bathwater and let's go into this totally new territory that's going to have its own ditches to fall into that I know nothing about. You know, I, I think that's a, this show we, we uh, and throughout the Warhorn universe, we... <laughs> I'm going to take a wild guess. You're going to say we like to make fun of homeschoolers. That's that's right. And here's the thing. I, I think homeschooling is great in theory. Yeah. And I think it's necessary often. What we're actually making fun of is something that you're describing. Yeah. I think where a lot of homeschool families actually go wrong is where they're they're simply reacting. 
they're stumbling into new territory and they're doing so with all of the pride of having a principal and they're setting their kids up for a, for a fall. Well, so you had a pride of a principal and you gave up sports for how many years? Um, probably 10. One tenth of your life. I'm assuming you're living to be a hundred because you take such good care of your body. <laughs> That's right. Um, you gave it up and then at a certain point you did come back to it. Why? Well, some of it was just my repenting of my repentance and loving my dad, becoming a father and realizing more and more how good a job he did, wanting to have those things to talk about again. And with be, your dad? With my dad and, and, and being humbled as a father and as a pretty bad one. Having my pride taken down a notch as I, as I worked to raise my own kids and uh, realizing more and more how good, it, how good a job my dad did how he was able to use sports to do that good job. And those are the tools that I have to work with. It's, it's what I know. It's how I, how I know how to help my, my sons grow into, into strong men. I would be a fool and a very proud fool to throw that away, to throw those tools away as if they weren't a gift given to me by God himself. And so I think I can redeem them, and I think I ought to. I think it's the heritage that was given to me by God because he knows me and he knew what was best for me. And I can give the best parts of that to my kids and try to protect them and help them navigate and learn to navigate the the bad parts that are, because they, they're with every discipline. There's no running from pride. There's no running from idolatry. It Music, you can learn so, lots of self-discipline in music and probably a lot about working together and as a team. And if you're in choirs or a chamber musician or in, a, in orchestras, I don't, I'm not, I didn't grow up in a musical family. I don't know how it works. But there are lots of places like that where uh, you can come away with a lot of the same, same lessons and same, same tools. But there's pride around every corner. You're and, saying if I have kids or if Ben Sulzer has kids and we don't have them given to the idolatry of sports, but we teach them chamber music and Latin. They might still be proud. They might still be proud. What do you think about that? And they might think that their chamber music and their Latin is a principle that makes them superior to the kid who grew up playing sports. Hmm. A Christian principle that makes them superior and sets them up for a greater fall. Nerds can have principles of pride against jocks? It's possible. I thought jocks only ever beat up on nerds guess what works both ways huh. that's why it's better to be both you can beat up on both <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm doing right now i'm trying to be oh, both right. that's why right. that's why i'm <laughs> friends with you guys uh, okay. <laughs> oh, well. thanks for condescending <laughs> i mean here's here's my point my point is only that you need to have humility and respect for the good things god gave you through your parents and you need to trust god that he's a good father and he knew what you needed and you need to learn to take those good things and pass them on to your children. I think, and I'm, I'm just trying to learn how to navigate this myself. And I think sports are a really good, good way to do that. And I want to expose my kids to other things. But, you know, I think it's okay and right for my family to be a more jockey sports kind of family. And so it is what it is. So if you're out there and you're listening to this, all I'm trying to say is you need to be careful of, uh, of your repentance and see that see to it that it doesn't lead you into something worse. The devil you know is in fact better than the devil you don't. What you really need to do though is be focused on a few things, which is being sure that your home does not revolve around your idols, 
the idols you grew up with or the idols that you adopt because of your dumb principles, whether it's music, games, or sports, or movies, movies TV, pop culture, pop culture, hunting, uh, hunting, 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 fishing, classical education, books, whatever it is, your family revolves and exists to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And your family is not first oriented to these other things, but it's oriented to his people and to his church and everything else is subordinate to that. And you you see all of those things as good things from from God, sports and music and, and hunting and whatever else, but things that are meant to be kept in their proper place and used in his service and used in his service for fun and for self-discipline and growth uh, as men and women who love God and build friendships and are competitive and learn teamwork and learn to make beautiful things and to to embrace his goodness in all of life. And it sounds like love your dad and your mom. And if they give you a certain set of tools, you might be dumb to... Be awfully be dumb to forsake quick them. quick to forsake it. You know, there's exceptions to that. But yeah, the, don't be quick to to forsake the good things that your mom and dad gave you. Well, I dare say, hmm. Jake just made a knockout punch to the... <laughs> KO! The KO! <laughs> what is it they say in Mortal Kombat? Take you um, to the mat. Finish him. Finish him! <laughs> the devil. Not that we would know what... No, Flawless no, no. victory. Right. And video games. The other thing that you <laughs> forgot to mention that belongs right on that list. <laughs> hunting, fishing... <laughs> Build character. Build character. That's another episode, buddy. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a. I guess I don't want to say that's what's a sports way of saying that's a wrap. And that's the ball game. Well, that's the ball game, fellas. <laughs> Although we do have one more segment we need to get through, which is a quick game of word association. We'll do the sports-related uh, version. Here we go. Baseball. Base. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have to be the same letter? <laughs> no, it's just word association. Just, just oh, yeah. word association. Uh, all right, baseball, bat, <laughs> football, ball, <laughs> pigskin, <laughs> cowhide, <laughs> chicken liver, <laughs> concussion, helmet, hat, fan, <laughs> sports. <laughs> yeah, I guess that works. Uh, Madden, announcer, Brandon Godden, Brandon Chastain, <laughs> rugby. What does Brandon Chastain have to do with rugby? What does Brandon Chastain have to do with Brandon Godden? They're both named Brandon. It's word oh, association. My yeah. Ben loses. Okay. The sound of sanity was engineered. Hey, hey. Wait, what? Brandon Godden. Fun fact, yeah. he's the voice of Madden, uh, the video game. He's a Big Ten announcer, and he was also one of my good friends growing up. Well, there we grew up you together go. playing on all these teams. Nice. Probably invited my uh, dad to his wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Gadden, we never knew thee. Sound of Sanity was engineered by Benjamin Solzer, produced by Nathan Alberson, and like all fine Warhorn products, executive produced by Jacob Mensel and Nathan Alberson. Until next time, sports fans. Stay sane. Yay! Yay.